You're listening to The Swamp Whistler from Ray-Ban Legends, released September 3rd, 2013, composed by Christoph Herall. What's up, BG Maniacs? Welcome to another episode of BG Mania, a video game music podcast. I, of course, am your host, Brian, and joining me on the show this week, he is the host of the movie bar. Every month with the dyad, it is Bedroth. Batroth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Batroth, yeah. Try, I've been wondering what I'm gonna what I'm gonna change my Twitter to for my my, my creepy times. Um, last year, I think I did Boodroth. Um, okay, okay. I don't recommend Batroth. The, it was a quick thing that I that I'm that I'm not too proud hey, of. Batroth works. There's Deadroth. There's uh, Deadroth, there's yeah, uh, Deadroth. Bloodroth. <laughs> Yeah, cool. Anyway, yeah, I like that. <laughs> I am here. I was I was actually thinking about coming in with uh, with a Cajun accent, but mm, I'm, I'm glad that you led me in a different way because I don't think I would have done that justice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for this episode. We'll talk about it here in just a moment. Real quick, if you'd be so kind, though, head on over to Apple Podcast or whichever app you've chosen to listen to us on and drop us a quick rating and a review. Really does help out in terms of visibility so that this show continues to grow. And remember, we are on Patreon now as well. Patreon.com forward slash RPG era. Check out our tiers, see what we're doing. And if you feel inclined, toss us a couple bucks each month. If not, continue to listen to the episodes as they upload each week works wonders as well. And of course, special shout out to current executive producers, Jexax and Zanku. Oh, I'm excited. Because October is always my favorite time of the month, or I guess it is month, <laughs> but I mean favorite time of the year. <laughs> yeah, the favorite time of the month, all month long. That's right. Favorite time of the month, all month long. <laughs> exactly, exactly. This is the first time that I get to record again inebriated. So I hit <laughs> yep. the pen a few times before we started, and you know, it kicks in pretty quick now that I took like a, a month off. Yeah, we'll see where we stand at the end of the episode. <laughs> Or exactly. if we can stand. <laughs> if we can stand, if we can still function. Oh, you know, you're probably not tipsy this week. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not imbibing this evening. Uh, but, but yeah, um, it wouldn't be, uh, you know, it wouldn't be unsuitable for the topic at hand, you know, sitting out on the porch, smoking or drinking and just kind of watching the gators float by. Yeah. Yeah, obviously, you see, by the uh, name of the show, we are kicking off 
the spookiness here for BG Mania in the month of October with a trip down to the bayou, down to the tip of Louisiana, and we're focusing on music found in areas of, like, swamps and bogs in video games. Not necessarily to, like, I don't, well... Swamps, bogs, moors, marshes, yeah, you know? I was trying to think, like, everything <laughs> that we have on the playlist, is it a level? And... Um, look at mine. Think that it might be. I think it's it's either going to be like a level or maybe an area. Yeah. um, When you think about RPGs, Mm -hmm, Um, true. And yeah, I'm from every uh, at least everything on my list. I haven't looked too closely at your list yet because I, you know, I like to be surprised. Same, but um. Yeah, I've got some fun stuff in store tonight, though. I looked up quite a bit of EGM on this one, and the thing about bogs and swamps is you get a lot of moody, ambient music. Absolutely. Which would probably have fit the creepy theme a little bit better, but... As everybody knows, I'm all about, uh, you know, the melodies and the upbeat stuff. And I, I, I like to get kind of slow and serious sometimes, like in the Austin Wintry episode. But that's different. You know, orchestral symphonic music is different from atmospheric music, which Correct. works amazingly in game. Not necessarily as well in my experience on the podcast. So, <laughs> no, I agree. So this, this was an interesting challenge. That's why I tend to uh, steer clear of some of them more because I love ambient music first off. But like, oh, yeah, I tend to steer a little clear when making my picks and going in that direction because you know it's it's, it's sometimes it's okay but not all the time so um it's nice to hear your voice it's nice to have you back you i mean obviously uh that grandparents episode we recorded went up a little late because i got busy again as as sometimes happens but there was a stretch of episodes that I think after we recorded that grandparents episode, because I hadn't even like we talked about the Metal Hellsinger episode in that episode, but I hadn't even actually recorded it yet. Um, yep. But, and then you uh, did the uh, Splatoon episode solo since I yeah. uh, and Radio not as big Hour of a Splatoon guy and Radio Hour. Yep. And the bonus episode on uh, Wrath of the Lich King. Did you get a chance to listen to all that? I have not listened to Wrath of the Lich King yet. I'm looking forward to it because uh, you and you and Kyle are so cute when you talk about Warcraft. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, and also I just, I love the Warcraft music. And it's um, amazing. You're going to like this one. And one of the first uh, Warcraft tracks that you ever recommended to me, I think, is from uh, Wrath of the Lich King, Arthas, my son. Arthas, my son. My favorite track in Warcraft. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Fantastic track. And fantastic. a track that actually gave me an idea for an episode that I know is on, on our list at some point in the future. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, speaking of Warcraft, I actually had on my short list a couple of swampy boggy tracks from World of Warcraft, and Zang, I kind of wondered if you were gonna, yeah yeah that was one of them. I kind of wondered if you were gonna bring any of them, but it there's also the swamp like of sorrows. Yeah, um, trying to think what other swamps and bogs are in Warcraft. Uh, Dust Wallow Marsh is another one. Um, uh, is Black Marsh is that one? Oh no, that's a that's Black, Skyrim. Th- there, yeah, Black Marsh is Skyrim. There's um, Black Fathom Depths, which is a dungeon, but not really mm. a swamp. Yeah, um, but I don't know. There's several, and there's probably probably a couple that I'm forgetting. Maybe one or two that I'm forgetting from later expansions that I really didn't dive too deep into. Um, but yeah, I didn't bring any Warcraft. I almost brought a portion of the Zanger Marsh music. There's a section of it that I think is really beautiful that I almost kind of picked out and, and brought that to the show. But I steered clear of Warcraft just because we just put up that bonus episode on Wrath of the Lich King, actually. Yeah, makes sense. 
but I am excited for everything we brought. I'm I'm obviously excited for the tracks I brought. I I went more the creepy route, I think, than than I'm you glad. probably did. But I, they'll, they'll, I'm familiar with a couple of years. I'm not familiar with everything you brought, but I am familiar with a couple of years, and some of them are you know a little little creepy, um, maybe a little moodier. Um, yeah, a little bit. But but yeah, um, but not that opening track, Bedroth. <laughs> nope, not that opening track. That was. That was bright and sunny, and that was the uh, that was the happier side of swamp music. Um, just real, real down home banjo and whistling, classic Christopher Rall Rayman music. It's good stuff. I told you while we were listening to it, it kind of made me feel like not not as unsettling. But if you've ever been to either Disneyland or I assume the same, I've never been to Disney World myself, but I assume the Pirates of the Caribbean ride is also there. Maybe it's not though. Um, Pirates of the Caribbean ride is there. I don't remember if the Bayou area that you mentioned is in the Disney World one. So you've been to Disneyland as well, or you've been to both? I, I have not been to Disneyland, so I'm okay. the opposite of you. Okay, so I've only been to Disneyland, and I've been several times because I lived on the West Coast for eight years. Um, but in the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, like when you get in the boat and you start floating through, like you basically start in the swamp, in the bayou, and you go through this like dark, creepy, unsettling, like, you know, there's supposed to be gators around and you're, you're kind of floating through the track and on the left-hand side as you go, and, and maybe the rides change at this point. I haven't been, you know, I, I've lived back in Ohio since 2013. So the last time I was at yeah. Disneyland was 2010. So it's been about 12 years. So the ride may have drastically changed by now. But the last time I went, there was a cabin on the left, like right before you went into the complete darkness for a few seconds. And there was like a light flickering there, a dude sitting on the porch in his rocking chair, playing the banjo, saying stuff to you as you went by and just kind of picking away at that banjo. Not a real person, you know, animatronic, but um, the the banjo, I assume that's what that is in the track we just heard. Um, maybe not, though, but that feel and then the whistling kind of made me think that just not as creepy yeah yeah i can hear that and i'm listening to it again and i'm thinking this is just an acoustic guitar it's not it might be it's not tuned as deep it could also it could also be a ukulele or maybe maybe a mandolin it, maybe it's uh but one of those it's it's acoustic that's all i know but it's uh, but yeah it's good stuff and um now uh we're i think we're through the uh the sunshiny part of the swamp and we're going to get a little bit deeper into uh into some into some darker music as we get into your your first block here yeah is that is that my cue that you're ready to to move on i think so i think i'm ready for some more swamp music all right well let's kick things off with my first block of three then i've got some uh some pretty good stuff in this block one that i know if you've not heard before but i'm sure you've heard it before you will be very pleased to hear again bedroth because you know, it was one of your one of your masters of EGM. <laughs> yep, I know which one you're talking about. It was on my short list too. <laughs> yep. Okay, okay, there you go. Well, that one's at the end. So let's first kick things off with Swampland from Castle Crashers. This released on August 27th, 2008, and it was composed by Waterflame.
Up next, let's go ahead and take a listen to The Swamp from The Legend of Zelda Four Swords Adventures. Released June 7th, 2004, composed by Koji Kondo and Asuka Hayazaki. Last up in this block, let's go ahead and take a listen to Unfinished Business, Mudbog Theme, from Shantae and the Pirate's Curse. This released on October 23rd, 2014, and it was composed by Jake Kaufman.
coming back in, we are talking about Swampland from Castle Crashers. Again, composed by Waterflame, whose real name is Christian Krogsvold. Uh, he was born in, or is from, maybe not born there, but he's from Oslo, Norway. So remember how I told you in that part of the world, like Finland, Sweden, and Norway, there's this, there's been this like resurgence of hair metal music where a lot of people kind of have that look you know they have that you know big teased up hair the heavy makeup and guys from you know like poison skidrow um you know bon jovi rat from the 80s and 90s they uh they've been keeping that style alive over there and he looks very similar to that maybe (laughs) maybe more scene if you remember the scene look from like the the late 2000s like oh man, early to late two thousands. That's that feels like a deep cut, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, they, he maybe looks more seen than he does uh, hair metal scene slash emo, but I love his freaking look, man. He he looks dope, uh, and he is a self taught video game composer, famous for games like Castle Crashers, Castle Storm, and Geometry Dash. Very cool. Oh, Geometry Dash. That's where I've heard that before. Okay. I just love the Geometry Dash soundtrack. Nice. Yeah, he did it, that one. It's good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, definitely told you though, we are going to, you know, be leaving your happy go lucky music behind. And we definitely jumped into some dark swampy music there for sure, man. We're, uh, we, we got into the deep, the deep marsh and, uh, the fog came up and uh, started getting darker and you start hearing all the critters and out in the trees and you're not sure. Is that a log? Is that a gator? What's floating by me? <laughs> What's that weird light I just saw in the distance? Yeah, this is right. this is creepy stuff. This was a nice block. <laughs> I like that un- unsettling. Uh, I-, I assume that's just a piano, but it's like a chime or a bell or something, right? Like that kind of persists throughout the track. Very. I, yeah, I was listening to it too. I, Elm Street ish. Yeah, I couldn't place the exact instruments. It might have even been something improvised, you know, uh, something that made up for just that sound. But whatever it was was a very cool um very cool touch and you know what also too i like about this track is toward the toward the end when it starts feeling more tribal right like um the haunted house i used to work at used to have an area at the end of the hayride where there'd be like a bunch of tribal dress characters with spears you know like headhunters more or less and they Mm -hmm. would jump onto the wagon and, and scare the customers uh, when those drums kick in and get really fast near the end, it, it reminds me of the sounds we used to play back in the woods in that area. And like the, the chanting, yeah. hey, you know, that type of stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this is cool. This. Um, so tell me some about uh, about this game, because I missed the boat entirely on Castle Crashers because I wasn't doing much gaming at all at the time, especially not multiplayer gaming. Um, so... Let's talk about this a little bit. Well, first of all, I, I would tell you that I think you should still play it. There is a version out on Nintendo Switch that came out in 2019, so this is available on that. Um, but Castle Crashers was, or is, it still exists, I, you know, it's just kind of like a, a one-off game. It was a 2D side-scrolling game, kind of like hack-and-slash mechanics, where it heavily relied on its multiplayer co-op option. Um, when it came out in 2008 on the Xbox 360, it was the first or one of the first Xbox Live arcade games when they when they had just started out their service and they just started rebranding it as like Xbox Live Arcade and they started release, uh, releasing exclusive games on Xbox Live. This was one of the first ones and it was actually the one that kicked off or it didn't kick off. It was, I guess, somewhere in the middle, the Xbox Live Summer of Arcade that they were doing that year. 
um, you had the red knight, the green knight, the yellow knight, and the blue knight, and each one utilized different weapons. Like the red knight was more like the oh, what's that medieval weapon with a ball on it? Like at the end, it's not a uh, not a like mace. A mace? Not, it's uh, not a, a mace, morning star. Though. Morning star, yeah, sort of like that. The green knight was your typical shield and long sword. The yellow knight had a shield as well, been more like a dagger or short sword. And then the blue knight also had a shield. Well, I guess they all four had shields. Now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, but he utilized, um, I want, I got, I think it was bow and arrows, actually. I think he utilized either I'm bow and arrows. I'm looking at the, the thumbnail on YouTube, and yes, uh, sounds like you're spot on. on oh, I that. guess I could have been looking that, at that as well. Um, <laughs> I wasn't. I was, I was listening to the music in the background, but I'm just sitting here with my eyes closed trying to picture the game. That's pretty um, impressive, though. For... It is, it's pretty much available everywhere, dude. You can get this game on Steam, too. Like, I think it is a game that is still worth playing. Um, looking on Steam now, it's actually $15. I can't imagine it would be much more expensive on the Switch. But it's a very fun game that, you know, if you have someone to play with, uh, whether it's couch co-op or online or whatever, there's a lot to love here. Really cool art style, a lot of fun boss mechanics, and the soundtrack itself is actually pretty cool because it features like and Waterflame himself also is from this website but the entire soundtrack was done by guys at Newgrounds people that were just famous oh cool very cool yeah I'll definitely have to look into this because I'm sure I'm sure it's it's either up for sale fairly frequently or it's down to a to a really decent price at this point it has to be on sale often and you would be playing the remastered version at that point which I've not played okay Um, but it's a it's a great game man and if you know if you missed out on those like original Xbox 360 exclusive arcade games I mean it's not exclusive anymore but it was then um, this was yeah. an awesome entry point and a really fun game that Frank and I used to put a ton of time into back in the day. We used to play this game often in the evenings when he was in Colorado and I was in uh, Vegas. We would just kind of link up and play for a couple hours each night until we finished it and then even still played it a few more times after that. Very cool, man. Very cool. Yeah. But yeah, moving from a game that I'm not as familiar with to uh, a couple of games that I do have experience with. Yeah, as we move into The Legend of Zelda Four Swords Adventures, we're talking about a track aptly named The Swamp. And yep. this is the GameCube game that, you know, I I don't mind Four Swords Adventures. I don't mind it. You know, yeah, I do, nice I do like diversion. the, yeah, it's, it's nice. And I like, obviously, A Link to the Past. Like, I love Link to the Past, which this game is basically a, you know, different story, but a, a very close. Yeah, it's like built close, from the yeah, same, built from same, the same engine. engine, same graphical style. And basically, it's like playing that just with three other Links and three friends. And hey, actually, we go from one four-player game to another. Didn't even think of that, but. Um, yeah, yeah. Now, I never got to play it with friends, which is a bummer, but I, um, which is probably why the way I remember it, the puzzles, which a lot of them depended on, like, you know, throwing the other links and getting them to places that you couldn't reach. Yeah, um, so much fun. Was cool at first and would have been really fun with other people. One player, it got a little tedious after a while, but, um, <laughs> but I remember there was a lot of charm to this game. Uh, the atmosphere in the different levels was was really really cool, and um, the final boss, the the demon Ganon or whatever it was, was really impressive in this game. Yeah, no, it was. Um, I actually played this game with an ex girlfriend and her brother. We we played, you know, we did three player sessions for this. Um, I like in this track here that you do get a little bit of that 
it's not the actual like Hyrule music that or the Zelda theme the dun 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 dun, dun, dun. like it's it's mm-hmm. not there but it's very similar to what you hear in that main Zelda theme that you're getting kind of in the in certain sections of this track so I like that because it, it gives a little bit of a deviation from the otherwise spooky swampy uh, dark vibe this track just puts off because it's a very dark vibe it is yeah this this is um one of the more ambient tracks that i have heard on the show uh, you know funnily enough after we were just talking about that but i thought it was really it was really effective it really puts you in mind of like there's a lot of suspense in this track yeah yeah there really is which is perfect for the spooky season <laughs> yeah yeah definitely puts you a little on edge too which color link did you play as when you played this purple of course. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, um, so Four Swords, Four Swords was a multiplayer only game on the GBA, pl- right? That, well, it was on the GameCube. Um, well, but the original Four Swords. Oh, the original Four Swords, yes, was on the GBA, but then Four Swords Adventures was on the GameCube. Um, yeah, and it was one of those weird ones where from. if you wanted to, you could actually control it with an adapter using your GBA. Yeah, you could. And you could just, um, you could look at your screen or the TV screen and kind of see. link cable. Yep. (laughs) And the four sword is one of the mystical blades in Zelda canon that actually splits the hero into four um, kind of doppelgangers. Um, Green, red, blue, and of course purple, which was really cool because there is not a purple link in the mainline games. Correct. (laughs) Yep. So I I had to play as purple. I think my ex played as the green one and her brother played as the red one I think so Blue Link didn't get any love. Uh, Blue Link was always my favorite but I, I like playing Purple Link uh, just because he was so unique so cool. Yeah you don't see it anywhere else until until they decide to revisit that later. Um, I, I just obviously you know we played a track from Zelda on our grandparents episode in the Minish Cap. I just adore Zelda music man. Anytime I get a chance to play it it's I so like iconic. It. it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. You know shout out to Koji Kondo and Asuka Hayazaki, as you corrected me on. Asuka Hayazaki, yep. Yeah, um, no, long, no longer Asuka Ota. Ota. Yeah. Yeah, that's how she how she got her VGM fame is under the name Asuka Ota. And she got married sometime around 2010, we, we determined. <laughs> Did some digging um, through game that, credits. <laughs> yep, since then uh, has been Asuka Hayazaki. So anybody out there who didn't know, that is the same uh-huh. person. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. And yeah, one of the kind of the second uh, second generation of Nintendo composers. And that's one of the cool things about the soundtrack is it's one of those where it's like Koji Kondo kind of handing off the baton to these younger composers that's sort of um, continued on with his uh, classic series yeah super yeah cool. really cool stuff my my favorite video game series if i have to pin it down like to a whole series and probably also the one that i always think of for video game music first and then a lot of times i end up not picking it because i'm like eh, i always pick zelda and then it's like i you know, i trick myself into never actually picking the thing i say i always pick <laughs> if i had to choose like a, a favorite game series like you know, obviously, I, I have a lot of love for Warcraft. I have a lot of love for Persona. Um, I have a lot of love for Final Fantasy, but I tend to always go back to like Zelda as my favorite of any type of, of video game that I ever play. Well, I mean, Links of the Past and Ocarina of Time were just such formative games for our generation. A Link to the Past was is one of those few games I can think of that I consider to be a perfect game. 
and it came at the perfect time in my life where oh so you agree with frank that link to the past is number one i so i don't know if i would necessarily say that it's it, it depends on on the ranking system like if we're talking about nostalgia yes if we're talking about like mechanically technically um, all the pieces coming together to like form this this composite whole as a game I think it's the best of the Zelda games okay but if we're talking about like impact um, importance legacy it's really hard to argue against Ocarina of Time Ocarina of Time is still the one I consider the the number one Zelda game of all time Though I do think an argument can be strongly made for Breath of the Wild now, too. I think so, too. It's It it was the most revolutionary game up until that point. And uh, um, Ocarina of Time was... Uh, I mean, I loved Ocarina of Time. Same. I have probably played, like, more hours of Ocarina of Time than Link to the Past. But when, when I think of... When I picture a Zelda game in my mind and I think Zelda... Honestly, it's usually images of Link to the Past that occur to me first. And I'm, I'm kind of like Frank. Um, I'm a, a couple of years older than you, so that you also are. might have something yeah. to do with it. No, it does. Because I, we were at the age when, when Link to the Past hit that you were at when Ocarina of Time hit. And so I'm sure that there's a lot of that to it as well. Um, but both masterpieces in video game canon. And both with really memorable swamp areas, from what I remember. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and definitely Majora's Mask had one of the more famous swamps in Zelda. I almost um, went with Zelda that track canon. over this one. Yeah, I almost went with that track over this one. But... I almost went with the Deku Palace. Um, oh, okay, okay, okay. That always really liked yeah. the Deku Palace theme. Um and the swamp areas in the Breath of the Wild are also really cool. The one that comes to mind for me is the area where you fight the three Hinox brothers. Yep. Do you remember that? I do. Yeah. Yeah. I so do. Hopefully uh, cool Tears, Tears of the Kingdom will have a good swamp area in the sky somewhere. <laughs> Hope so, man. I'm, gosh, I'm, I'm so excited about that. I can't me too. wait. Me too. But before we get too too far down that rabbit trail or gator trail, as it were, gator trail, um, huh? this this song b- blended really really well into the last block, which you mentioned is by Jay Kaufman, one of my masters of EGM. Yeah, mm-hmm. a very different side as we talk about Shantae and the Pirates Curse and unfinished business or the mud bog theme. Um, obviously, I think a majority of the rest of the Pirate's Curse soundtrack and most of the other Shantae music in general is very much typical Jake Kaufman, but this is not. And I love that it's a different side of him that we don't really get to showcase on the yeah, show that often. It really, really shows his range. And um, those strings, forget- dude, are gorgeous. When they don't do deep dives, they forget just how just just how talented Kaufman is and how how obviously, like you mentioned, the uh, Castle Crashers composer is uh, a self-taught video game musician. Um, Kaufman, I, I think, was a pioneer in a lot of ways, but mm-hmm. he is definitely a student of music composition. Um, anybody who really listens to his stuff can, can always tell that. And this is a great example of that. Like you said, those strings, man. Gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. And a really fun area in Pirate's Curse. I don't I don't know if you've played the Shantae games. I so I played I have played some Half Genie Hero. Okay, Half Genie Hero. And I played I can't remember I think it was Pirate's Curse. Okay, that's um, this one. 
is or is it is Risky's Revenge the one where she can turn into an elephant and a monkey? Yeah, because yes. in Pirate's Curse she can't transform because of the curse. Yeah, right. I be- yes, and I believe it's Risky's Revenge, which was the second in the series, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. So I, I think okay. Then I think then what I played is the remastered version of Risky's Revenge. Okay, that one came out like a year or two ago, actually. I think. Although not I don't, that, not that I don't long know ago. because. The little, the little green dude. I'm watching the. I'm listening to the song again. Watching the video that you have on YouTube. The little green dude. That's the save point guy. Is he in all the games? Yes. Okay. Then that doesn't mean anything. Okay. Now I'm looking at the item screen. This is definitely not the game I played. So, Risky's Revenge is the one I, I played the most of. I've played all of them. I finished all but the most recent. I did not finish Seven Sirens. Um, I still need to go back and finish that at some point. I have it. On Which coincidentally the was not. Composed by Jay Kaufman. There you go. Not, yeah, <laughs> the only one that wasn't actually, um, which I thought was a little disappointing actually when it came out, and definitely uh, took a little bit of the excitement out of it for me because I do love the game, but it's really because of the music that I love the game so much. Mm-hmm. Like s- some of that music in Half Genie Hero, I just absolutely fell in love with. It's such a great soundtrack. Um, but this yeah, Half Genie here, Hero has got some of my favorite uh, Jay Kaufman music. Um, I love the the Hypno Baron theme. Yes. It's, oh, it's so good. It's so good, such a cool, Such a cool theme. So good. And this one is too, though. I, I will I will give a lot of credit to, to Jake and his versatility with the Mud Bog theme. Um, definitely very, again, kind of, you know, unsettling. I wouldn't say so much like spooky like it kind of is but it, it's more of a it's a different kind of horror feel right like i'm trying to think of yeah, the best way i could it's like, not, compare it to it's not suspenseful like the zelda track was but it's it's mysterious i think it's got that mysterious sort of is a good word mm-hmm. yeah, yeah there's a good there's a there's a <laughs> an air of mystery to it. <laughs> trying yeah, to come up with other no, words, definitely. but yeah, I already found the word. Trying to come great. up with a different way to say mysterious. <laughs> uh, what a cool track, though. What a cool <laughs> track. Um, obviously, like you said, uh, definitely a, a really unsettling block as a whole, and which I'm glad because I don't know, like... Looking at your upcoming block here, I'm familiar with one of the tracks. Um, The other one I don't know. And then you have one that just really took me by surprise. I have a really special one. Yeah. Um, And uh, is it the first track in my block that you're familiar with? Or the one? Is that the one you don't know? That's the one I don't know. Okay, man, you're you're in for a treat. I think you're going to like this. Unless Uh, unless I do know it and just don't recognize it. Like, I know the game. But I couldn't mm-hmm. tell you what tracks are what. But then again, I'm also you not might recognize familiar it. with this game, but I may recognize the track. Yeah. The well, we'll talk about the game when we come back because I've got some memories of this one for sure. Uh, and then, yeah, I'm excited to talk about this block when we get back. But let's go ahead and start off with Stage 1 from The Adventures of Bayou Billy, released June 1989 and composed by June Funahashi, Kiyohiro Sada, Hidenori Maizawa, Atsushi Fujio, and Tsutomo Ogura.
Next up, we're listening to Moody Maze Marsh from Ukulele, released April 11, 2017, and composed by Grant Kirkhope.
Rounding out my first block, we're going to listen to Mangrove from Aura, uh, still an early development game composed by Shoot Kapow. And coming back from my first block of tracks, we're talking about stage one from Bayou Billy, the adventures of Bayou Billy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, <laughs> starting out with some Yuzo Koshiro vibes there and then sinking into some swap boogie. <laughs> yeah, this is. Uh, what did you think about this one, man? So, this is the one that, like I said, I, I wasn't really familiar with. At least I didn't think I was. And I can confirm that I'm not. Um,. The Adventures of Bayou Billy is a game that I, I really don't know much about. I never played it. Um, I never really gave it a second look, even. Um, I've yeah. thought I've heard some of the music on the soundtrack. It may honestly just be the one track that Frank's brought to a past BG Mania a long time ago. Um, I just don't I don't know why I never really paid much attention to this. Um, but this track, dude, was freaking really, really funky, dude. Really groovy, actually. I like this a lot. Yeah, totally man, this, different from this, my block. Yeah, this soundtrack is is a lot of fun. I, I really like the whole thing. Um, it's this game 
is kind of a hot mess. It, it, it wasn't bad. Uh, it's not a great game, but I enjoyed it. And I was able to get a few a few levels in without a Game Genie. Um, it's, it, it is Nintendo hard. And some of that is because of the weird uh, like hit detection and um, odd physics of the game. But Bayou Billy is one of those... It, it was an experimental game. It was kind of a hybrid of genres. Uh, the first couple levels were side-scrolling beat-em-up style. And you're beating up swamp thugs, uh, but also alligators and <laughs> other other critters in the swamp. And then you go into a, a light gun shooter stage where you're like, it's kind of Hogan's Hogan's Alley style. Hogan's but you're Alley, like going yeah. side scrolling through the swamp, but things are coming out of the trees. And so you have to shoot them. And then there are a couple of stages that are driving stages uh, from like from the back. You're oh. you're driving kind of like a racing game where you're behind the vehicle and you're like having to shoot out the window and uh, dodge traps and stuff like that. It's 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 a really it's a cool little game. It was a great idea. Um, very heavily influenced by Crocodile Dundee. Uh, okay, I could see it in just the, the the title, yeah. Billy's girlfriend has been uh, kidnapped by um, some kind of, like, mob boss or something, this gang of thugs, and so you have to go and, and rescue her, and uh, and that's pretty much it. You can pick up knives and and uh, either stab people and, or throw knives at people, and uh, um, other than that, you just got your fists and a weird, like, Cajun jump drop kick. <laughs> <laughs> I like that he but has a, a cool bandana tied around his left leg. Yep, yeah, almost like a tourniquet. <laughs> uh-huh, I like that. Very, very uh, rocker style. I like that a lot, actually. Yeah, he's got some, some 80s stuff going on with, I don't know if that's supposed to be his hair that's, like, hanging down, because he does not have long hair in the game, but, uh, you know, got got his, his, his ripped you know, pecs and six-pack, um, super yeah. muscular guy. Got a blue bandana tied around his wrist, a red bandana tied around his leg. Uh, his belt is a rope, of course. Um, yeah. And uh, he's got this huge, that's not a knife, uh, <laughs> Crocodile Dundee knife. <laughs> and um, yeah, he's just standing knee deep in this swamp and there's gators and lizards and snakes all around. And yeah, it's just, this was a this was a fun game. I, I did play this one quite a bit and I beat it with a game genie and uh, don't hear it talked about a lot these days, but... He is if, wearing uh, a fanny you, pack, too, though. Oh, he is, yeah. Eh, it's more of like a side satchel, you know, it's come a, on. I and it's made it of leather, because, so it's yeah, cool. Yeah, well, <laughs> is it is made of leather or is it made of rope? Um, It looks like it's made of leather and it's tied to the rope, from what I can oh, see. But, okay, maybe. It'd be but cool yeah, if it was made of, like, snakeskin. Oh, yeah, that would be cool. I'm sure he's got gator skin boots. <laughs> <laughs> just can't see them. They're under the water. <laughs> but the bayou, the bayou is a... Uh, really quintessential sort of swampy area you've got and uh definitely very american you know it's that's you talk about louisiana that's that's the bayou right there absolutely yeah and this track is just like i said man it's so cool that classic konami sound what a what a cool track yeah i've got a couple of retro tracks on the list tonight that i'm i'm excited about but we uh, we definitely jump ahead to uh 30 years later for the second track in my mm. block Moving into Moody May's Marsh from Ukulele, composed by one of Shukapow's masters of VGM, Grant Kirkhope. Indeed. It's it's fun spooky. <laughs> it definitely is. It, you know, it reminds me so much of a lot of what he did 
on Banjo-Kazooie, right? It's it's an evolution of what he did on Banjo-Kazooie, but it reminds me so so much of that, like, Gruntilda's Lair and just Grunty-style theme. Like, he took that, applied it to a different... Not necessarily a different vibe, because it has a lot of the simil- uh, same same vibes that, that Grunty gave off, but... Um, it's just it's it's really cool to hear again right and that's what i loved about ukulele so much when it came out was it was primarily a team of of x rare developers coming back together to make a game very similar to banjo and kazooie and they brought back a a pivotal key component of that team to do the soundtrack And, and grant kirkhope and even david wise had some tracks on you know on the soundtrack so um, was really cool to hear these guys kind of return to their roots and get to work with some good friends, and they produced something really freaking cool with it. They really did. Um, I have not played the original ukulele. I do have it on my computer. I have played some of Impossible Lair, which I thought was really fun. Okay. Um, but do Great you remember game. this area of the game? It was uh, stage three. Yes. Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. It was the third area. And so what kind of stuff uh, do you remember much about, like, playing through this area? Like, how specific can you get? <laughs> I know this was five years ago now. Um, well, I remember some aspects of it. So there was a lot of it that took place underwater. Like in the okay. actual swamp itself, uh, you mm-hmm. were able to, you were able to get this like, and I don't remember what it was called, but there is a way that you could basically surround yourself in an air bubble and kind of okay, cool. move around the water that way. You were able to explode it to do damage to enemies underwater. There was a poisonous lake in this area, and a lot of the area itself was was very dark, kind of like a, like a bluish-green hue to it. Even the trees kind of had that look to it as well. And there were some mushrooms growing about that I remember, too. But that's pretty much it. <laughs> all right. Well, all, all very, very swampy stuff. And, uh, <laughs> um, so, so what is it that you think makes the swamp such such like a like an archetypal or um like a meaningful type of place what is it about swamps that you think draw people in um i think it would have to be the uh what's the best way to describe what i'm trying to say maybe maybe like the mystique surrounding a swamp right like you really you know you think of a lot of times swamps obviously um there's water, right? Gross green mm-hmm. you know, moss floating on the top, right? Just kind of gross water. But take away that water, and a swamp is more or less just a creep dark forest, right? Like there's usually a bunch of trees. So if you just think about walking through not even just a swamp, but like a dark forest, even if you think about, you know, it's the Halloween season, go into a, a haunted trail maybe or something like that in a, at a local haunted house. Um, the, the darkness and the not knowing what's around the corner, right? You don't know if something's going to get you. You don't know if a gator's going to pop out. You don't know if there's some creepy swamp man just waiting to chop you up into pieces and scatter you out in the swamp to get devoured by whatever lies within. Um, But I think a lot of it also comes from the creature in the Black Lagoon. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's definitely... uh, um really like quintessential swamp very Hollywood in a very Hollywood monster right he's one of the original Hollywood monsters so um, a movie that a lot of people tend to love cult classic so to speak yeah 
for sure. Yeah, I mean, there's something... Swamps are one of those areas that you find a lot in games, just like, you know, like snow areas, forest, mountain, desert. Swamp is right up there. And, it is. And, and I think you hit the nail on the head with the, the... There's there's a mystery of it, and we're always drawn to mystery. There's something also really primordial about swamps. I mean... It's um, an untouched area, really, right? Like, it's existed that way for who knows how long. Yeah, I mean, the from... From what, you know, we've been able to figure out looking backward, uh, you know, uh, through scientific research and study and stuff, um, life probably originated in some kind of swampy area because it's got all of the, you know, all the building blocks for, for life to flourish, yeah, which, the ingredients are there. which is why there's so much stuff in swamps. I mean, like you said, it's like a forest, but you add water and the water is really such a significant part of the swamp because that's what makes it so so thick and so overgrown you don't just have the trees growing together all close but you've got like vines hanging down obscuring things you've got all this these plants growing up on the on, on the on the side of the creek and um, like you said the moss over the top and so there's so much in a swamp that you can't see it's like when you're in a swamp what you can see is maybe 10 percent of what's actually there right and that's what I think is so cool, also so creepy. <laughs> I mean, swamps are not necessarily comfortable places to be. No, they're, and like I said, they're gross, right? The water is disgusting. It's usually hot and humid, like very sticky. And all kinds of bugs and, yeah, and critters, so you know, just going after you. you. And, yeah, and the kinds blood. of people who can thrive in a swamp are are not what most people think of as you know uh <laughs> nice friendly safe people you know um not Apologies to say that to all there are friends listening down in the bayou of louisiana oh yeah i mean swamp <laughs> people are i mean no there's there's a there, there's definitely like a like a nobility i don't want to fall into the whole tired like, like noble savage trope because that's not what i'm saying but there's like right. a nobility no, to swamp life and and but but it's you got to be tough you got to be tough to live in the swamp like by billy rugged yeah <laughs> rugged rugged there you go uh -huh. yeah yeah great cool track, stuff though. man and you know one of the uh the pieces of uh, flora that swamps are famous for other than moss and vines is in certain parts of the world mangrove trees which grow in swamps and uh, really thrive on the, the the heat and the humidity and they can grow really low um they're really really unique looking trees and the mangrove is what Shukapau decided to focus on when uh, she wrote her first swamp-related piece of music. Moving into our third track of my block from the game Aura, which anybody who has listened to very good music, uh, we've talked a little bit about Aura on on that podcast because Aura is a game that is really, really, really early in development. Uh, Shukapau and her friend um, RJ are kind of working on this game. It was that they were talking about it back and forth uh, for a while. And then RJ actually started crafting out like a story and some characters. And then Shukapau started writing some songs for different areas of the game. Neither of them knows how to code. They don't have any coder friends or anything, but they are hoping at some point to turn this into something. That's the beauty of RPG Maker, dude, or any of those free yeah. source game engines. Like they're not that challenging to figure out. They really don't. I've definitely recommended RPG, RPG Maker. Maker. Yeah, that's so RJ. easy to figure yeah. out. Mm -hmm. But uh, so this game is um, 
I think uh, RJ said the simplest way that he's explained it to people is if classic Final Fantasy had a baby with the Mario RPGs and it was raised by Mother and Undertale. Okay, that's some lofty expectations. So just like the style of the game. Not necessarily like the, uh, you know, not the scope he's looking for, but that style of game. Um, Start small. But uh, so, and in this game, uh, there's a character named Jack is the main character. And uh, Jack's grandfather leaves him a map that leads to the Aura Cube, which is the MacGuffin in this game. Okay. Um, He and his friend uh, Floofy, learn that finding the aura cubes and putting them in the aura cube cube will basically upgrade their aura, which is kind of like key or, you know, PP in Earthbound. <laughs> um, uh, they, get, they get whisked off on an adventure through time to stop an evil organization from harnessing a primordial evil that was sealed away by the creators of the aura cubes in the 70s and using its power to plunge the world into infinite, omnipresent darkness. Um, they recruit some other friends from the party. They, like I said, it's time travel. So they go to like medieval times. They go to the, the near future. Um, they, uh, go to, um, you know, several different areas and this is the swamp area. Okay. But, um, RJ? Uh, RJ and shoot are both seniors this year. So they're, uh, like 17, 18 in that range. Do you know if he partakes? <laughs> I doubt it. Um, <laughs> he, that story sounds he prob- like he might. He probably will when he gets into college. <laughs> but honestly, they're just, you know, they're just these sweet, quirky kids that, that watch a lot of, you know, quirky stuff. I mean, when you're talking about drawing from Earthbound and Undertale, you True. know you're going to get weird, right? Yeah. <laughs> and even Final Fantasy, those those get a little bit little bit crazy, too. But <laughs> they do. They do. But, but now talking about this track. Yeah. Um, this really, really took me by surprise, dude. I when you told me you're like you, you asked me earlier, what well, might even have been later last week. Hey, would you care if I brought a track that Shuka Pal's done? And I was like, no, dude, let's do it. Like, that's kind of cool. I don't know what I was expecting. I guess I was expecting something more chaotic, in a way. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, something this, more amateur, honestly. Right? Yeah, something. Yeah, more amateur would be a good way to describe it. But I, I think just what I know about Shoot, and it's not much, right? I've only talked to her a few times on the show and never outside of it. So I don't know much about her, but I, I definitely get a more, like, not simplistic, not, like... Uh, subdued vibe from her and this track had all of that it was very reeled in kind of like I told RJ to do with the story there in the scope of the game like <laughs> this this track was really yeah. I, I don't want to I don't want to call it simplistic because there's actually a lot going on here but in, in a way it is very simple but it's Simplicity very gorgeous one of the things that I really praised shoot for when I first heard this song um, th- there are a few of her tracks that have really um, I've enjoyed her that have really impressed me. It's been really cool watching her development as a composer over the last four years. Uh, she composes using a sheet music software, a flat.io. She's a band kid. And so that's the musical language that she speaks. We've played around a little bit with Dawes, but we haven't really gotten into them yet. I'm thinking she probably will in college with some of the classes she's going to take. But 
as, as she's gone on, I've talked to her more about like going back in and revising things, um, not trying to stuff too many different ideas into the same song, um, focusing on, uh, you know, different ways of composing. Like you can either try all the instruments and do everything at one time, or you can compose one line here and then one line here and kind of let it grow organically. But this one came out of left field because uh, she hadn't composed much for, for a little while because she's been really busy with band and work. But it just jumped in and popped out a couple of tracks. And when she played this for me, it was a couple of days before I came to you and I was like, hey, um, I want to play this track. <laughs> it's like you, the simplicity is really what I think won me over on this because she reeled it in. She um, focused on just a couple of core ideas. And what she said was um, this was her first sort of dive into making piano centered ambient music. Uh, she wanted to make something that could fit well in Minecraft and um, she thinks she pulled it off pretty well. It's a short but sweet arpeggiated track that's a neat little vibe, in her words. <laughs> okay. They're, so they, I mean, I guess they could technically even make the game in Minecraft. I, I would advise against doing that if you wanted yeah. to actually be successful. Yeah, but... I don't think that's on their, uh, <laughs> that's on their radar, but, but, but yeah, that's, um, I mean, she is, again, if anybody's listened to very good music, they know how important of a game Minecraft is for shoot and really all of her generation, you know? Yeah, it's that generation for sure. But I think when you when you listen to this music and think about the Minecraft influence, it, it definitely makes sense. I can't get over the uh like the melody and the and the like just beautifulness, if that's a word that I can use there. I don't think it's an actual word, but I'm gonna use it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean you just got piano and then a little bit of strings. Yeah, and... when the when the strings kicked in, dude, I, I even said while we were listening to it, wow, like I was not expecting this. Like when those strings kicked in, man, it's cool. It's real cool. And the way that she, very subtly, as much as you can on, on flat, which is pretty limited. Uh, I mean, it's, it's MIDI-based, but as much as she could, she played with um, dynamics and, uh, and tempo a little bit. And yeah, just um, this is my favorite thing up to this point that she has composed. I was really, thank you for letting me bring it. I was really happy to be able to include this. Yeah, and, and shout out to her and thanks to her for letting us play it. Really cool. For sure. Hopefully you uh, can... we'll get to play this game sometime. In the Hope so. That, that would be really I cool. I wouldn't say near future, but sometime in the future. Maybe maybe it'll show up on a Kickstart My Heart one of these days. There you go. Hey, <laughs> if, if they ever put it on Kickstarter, dude, I'll feature it for sure. I'll feature yeah. it. Yeah. And if anybody wants to uh, wants to check out more of Shoot's music, you can go to flat.io, um, F-L-A-T dot I-O slash Shoot Kapow, spelled like it sounds. And um, the, she's got over 100 tracks on there of varying degrees of... Uh, uh, you know, experience as you as you go through them. Um, we'll put a link. Lots I'll, of cool uh, stuff. So when, go when check I, it out. When I credit her on this track, I'll I'll make her name a link, and it'll go right to the uh, flat.io. We'll do that. Cool deal. Cool deal, man. Yeah, but cool. I'm glad you brought that. Very uh, very surprising, and not one I was expecting. And I'm glad we actually picked a topic that allowed you to bring that. <laughs> yep, it worked out really well. It was kismet. <laughs> sure did, man. Sure did. Yeah, well, we have we have talked uh, a lot on this track or on this block. Okay. So that's okay. Why don't we get into a couple of other types of swampy areas? A little bit in, uh, in your next block, and a, and a bit of a trip back to the uh, spookiness of the swamp that you definitely know, you, you kind of had there with ukulele in the moody maze marsh. But you know, Bayou Billy and Aura, or I wouldn't call Aura spooky. Um, no, 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 it's more no. in line with my uh, my closeout track. Yeah, yeah, it would be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. 
we're going to go back to uh, to my type of swamp and bog music. And we're going to kick things off with a track that I just actually discovered while doing some research for this episode because I have not touched these games ever and refuse to. So <laughs> let's take a listen to Monster Same. Marsh from Skylander's Trap Team, released on October 5th, 2014, composed by Lauren Balfe. This is Kyle, and one day you can be too. Every Friday, I host what is soon to be your favorite podcast, The Media Files. Me and one of my best friends talk about pop culture happening so that you don't look like an uncultured swine during those boring water cooler conversations. Laughs are shared, tears are cried, and sometimes we have really interesting special guests that you might be familiar with. Download The Media Files wherever you download podcasts, and remember, be kind, be honest, and we'll see you later. Next up in this block, let's take a listen to The Deep Darkness from Earthbound, released on June 5th, 1995, and composed by Kaichi Suzuki.
closing out my block, let's take a listen to Thornfelt Swamp from Ori and the Blind Forest. This released on March 11th, 2015, and it was composed by Gareth Coker featuring Tom Boyd.
coming back in, we are talking about Monster Marsh from Skylander's Trap Team, again composed by Lauren Bolf. Uh, yeah, so I, I have no experience with Skylanders. I thought that the Skylanders model was such a cash grab and so stupid and how they used to release all those little figurines that you had to buy in order to play the game yeah and all those toys to life games yeah, I hated it dude absolutely I hated when Lego was doing it too like I just hate <laughs> anything like that about games it's just it doesn't appeal to me I know it appeals to a lot of people primarily kids but it doesn't appeal to me so yeah. um, never touch these games now the series that it's based on right Spyro um, I love Spyro, the original <laughs> games, and you know some yeah. of the the more recent ones as well. I think Spyro is a fantastic series, but Skylanders, you know, it is what it is. But Monster Marsh, which is also called the main theme or main theme one in the game, I don't know how many main themes there are and, and how many tracks you can actually call main theme when there yeah. should be just one main <laughs> theme. But um, <laughs> I think that this is is really spooky. In a, in a cool way like you know looking at the image that the YouTube video provides us with which I'm assuming is official right Skylanders music channel I'm assuming that's an official channel um, yeah looks like it but uh, you know you got like a, a frog looking wearily up at a full moon I think hidden behind the, the logo um, yep. green like tinted full moon green tinted full moon green mist rising off of the swamp and you've got a really cool silhouette of a tree against the backdrop of the full moon and what appears to be, whether that's an island or a, a mountainous thing, maybe it's another tree because it looks like there's flowers at the top of the screen. So Maybe maybe like a like a giant lily pad, maybe, oh. with the giant flowers on it. Yeah, that's cool because we have other lily pads, right? The frog's on a lily pad. There's a little white yep. flower and a purple flower floating on lily pads. Looks what appears to be a, a waterfall in this in this swamp. Um, which I don't know that that makes it a swamp anymore, but um, I guess it could. That's one of those weird things. Like I, I was asking Shukapau about favorite swamp music, and she was like, well, "Well, you could play like a jungle theme or an Amazon theme." And I was like, "Yeah, but like jungles and rainforests and swamps." That's a, yeah, I mean, that's a different there, vibe. There's or a some crossover theme. there, we could do but that. like we could. You know what? You know, I'll throw it on the list because we need more ideas. <laughs> rainforest and yeah, Amazon. I mean, like. What's the difference between a jungle and a rainforest? Where well, does we'll the figure forest it out stop and the swamp start? I mean, you know, it's like... We'll figure it out when it But I think with a swamp, you kind of have to have equal focus on the water and the overgrowth. And that's, that's a lot of what makes a swamp a swamp, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I agree. This track definitely had a more classic Halloween vibe to it, though. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's a uh, spooky. It's not creepy, but it's spooky. Spooky. Absolutely spooky. Yeah, not creepy at all. Really cool track, though. I like when uh, I like when we get to hear Lauren Balf. You know, he doesn't compose a lot of video games out there, but what he does do yeah, is Yeah, it's nice really when cool. we get to play a composer who doesn't get as much airtime, for sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, he gets a lot of airtime when it comes to movies. Um, it's one of the, I, I would say more well is he prolific yeah i guess so he's definitely a uh, a well-known composer for for movies i mean he's worked on marvel for heaven's sake right he did the music to black widow and mm -hmm. uh did the music some of the music for top gun maverick and black adam and like he's actually working on next year's uh dungeons and dragons movie oh cool yeah so man I wonder how that's going to be. I uh, Did you ever watch the uh, really campy 90s Dungeons & Dragons movie that came out? No. 
I've done. <laughs> it's it's fun. It would be a fun one to to get a little turnt and uh, watch with a buddy. Um, it's it, it's totally like it's campy. It's not a good movie, but it's it's fun. <laughs> I might have to check that out. We'll have to see. I may check that out. If I'm not mistaken, Jeremy Irons plays the big bad in the movie, and he is just chewing all over the scenery. It's okay. it's good stuff. Nice, <laughs> nice. Um, Lauren Balf, in terms of video games, like I said, he hasn't done much. He he really did all of these the the Skylanders music, right? He did the first one, and then Giants and Swap Force, Trap Team, Superchargers, and Imaginators. Man, they name these games stupidly. But I I more know him from his work on Beyond Two Souls, which I think is a great soundtrack. And he also did the music for the most hated Assassin's Creed game, but one that has great music, Assassin's Creed 3. Cool. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. And for some reason, he did the music to FIFA 19 with Hans Zimmer. So, (laughs) (laughs) Which, why is Hans Zimmer working on FIFA music? Another composer who's not super well known for video games, although he's done a few things here and there. But he has yeah. done a couple games. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that we'll ever uh, have enough ammunition to do a, uh, a composer appreciation on Hans Zimmer. Though we may. <laughs> he's done a not. lot of main themes. I, I was. We may actually. We could probably. He's done a lot of main themes for games. You look at. Uh, he did. The, I think he did the main theme for Crisis Two, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, may have even done the main theme for Modern Warfare 2, actually, as it comes out again. There we go. I think that's... Yeah. I think that might be the one I'm thinking of. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, speaking of uh, musicians that are, are not not as well-known in video game music as they are in other music, uh, moving into a Japanese example of that on your next track. Yeah, we go into which, a... Classic a very, in my book. I was going to say, very classic, a very well-known game, right? Um which we don't play a lot of here on the show, which is a little surprising. There are other VGM podcasts out there that, that pull from the Earthbound well all the time. Uh, we're talking about the deep darkness. Like mine. <laughs> yeah, like, like yours. Very good music. But they're like a lot of others as well. Um, yeah, for sure. The deep darkness from Earthbound, otherwise known as Mother 2, is mm-hmm. one of Dan's favorite games. Remember when I think the, the only time oh, yeah. Dan was on the show, he brought an Earthbound, uh, Earthbound track and... Always talks about it over on his Twitch streams, twitch.tv forward slash crazed11, which he has been streaming like at least once a week again as of late, which has been kind of cool to see. Mostly playing Apex Legends, but yeah, go check him out. It is what it is. Um, I always really like when we get to play some stuff from Earthbound because you you even mentioned it to me while we were listening to it, right? Like the only reason that you didn't bring it is because it's a more ambient sounding track. Um, but this is one that I think works really well with the ambience because it, it's still it's perfect for the area. Yeah, it's in. I was going to say perfect for the area it's in really, uh, you know, kind of an unsettling, uh, suspenseful vibe. I know we've been using that word a lot on the show, but it definitely has a an air of suspense around it. Um, almost even like a not a deserty feel but in a way kind of as well desolate um, maybe desolate maybe yeah maybe that would be a better it's, word to use there it, it sounds dangerous it does like you can tell this is this is not a good place to be in i mean it's called deep darkness for god's sake so yeah. but yeah this this area this area was really cool uh after you cross the sea and fight the Kraken and cross the desert and meet Dungeon Man, the uh, giant walking dungeon, um, and then you uh, go through 
another body of water in a submarine um, that you get from Dungeon Man, and which just happens to be yellow, uh, you get to the deep darkness, and there is a, a swampy area, as you you know you talked about, that you have to walk through, moss color, moss covered sort of creek. And um, if you uh, if you get too deep into it, then you start to lose health because you can't breathe, and you can get sick in the deep darkness. And it's it's just a really really memorable area of the game. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's no uh, there's no secret. I also love Earthbound a lot. Uh, in the most recent episode of Very Good Music, uh, we did our final boss episode, and we didn't play the Gygas theme from Earthbound, but I did talk about when we were talking about our meaningful final boss experiences this Yukapau and I remembered, I talked about the first time I fought Gygas back when I was in junior high, and man, um, I, I really wax poetic about how much I love this game and how much it meant to me, so... If you want to hear me talk, ramble on about Earthbound for a bit, you can go listen to uh, to that episode. <laughs> and uh, you did say that you were able to find a little bit out, because I know this soundtrack was composed by the duo of Kaichi Suzuki and Hirokazu Tanaka, but you were able to narrow it down and you got some information on this. Yeah, Hip Tanaka, of course, really well-known Nintendo composer, uh, and... Kichi Suzuki, I believe, only worked on the Mother games. Um, right. He has done some some film scores in Japan, but as far as video games, I think he's only done Mother. Um, but he also is a um, he's a musician, singer, and record producer who co-founded um, J- one of Japan's most innovative rock bands, the Moon Riders. And I am sort of paraphrasing Wikipedia here. But so he started out in popular music and then sort of made his way into other composing. And there is a- an Earthbound uh, soundtrack page on Wikipedia that I use to kind of build on when I'm looking up specific track credits. On that page, this track is actually credited to both Tanaka and Suzuki. But I did a little bit more digging and first of all, the official name of this track on the soundtrack is The Jungle Opens Its Eyes. And it was credited specifically to Keiichi Suzuki on that soundtrack. So, okay. The Jungle so, yeah. Opens Its Eyes. Hmm. Okay. I've always just known this as The Deep Darkness. Yep, me too. Me too. Also um, is referred to as the theme of the cursed jungle. But, you know, kind of like we talked about, there's some overlap between those biomes. And and when you look at this area, anybody who's played it knows that this this is a swamp. Like you're not going through trees. You're not going through jungle. You are walking through the water in in a swamp in this area. So it looks like it definitely fits for the show. (laughs) (laughs) It looks like a swamp. It looks like a swamp and feels like a swamp. It's probably a swamp. So just to make sure if you ever find yourself in a deep darkness, watch out for the manly fish and the manly fish's brother. There you go. Helpful <laughs> tips from Bedroth, Batroth, Deadroth, whatever you want to call yourself this month. <laughs> I think I might have to go with Deadroth. Look for that on Twitter tomorrow. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Maybe you'll have like a like a skull in the beginning of your name or at the end of your name or something. Or <laughs> yeah. Something like that. You know, make it spice it up a bit. Um, and then we move on to my last track there in that block. We go to the Thorn Felt Swamp from Ori and the Blind Forest, again composed by Gareth Coker featuring Tom Boyd. Um, boy, do I love Gareth Coker. Like, <laughs> it's, you know, Kyle talks a lot about, you know, if I know if he would have participated in the Mount Rushmore of Composers, the Masters of EGM, he would have brought Darren Korb for sure. 
and he would have brought Gareth Coker. I don't know what other two he would have brought, but he would have for sure brought those two. And I really like what Gareth Coker is able to do, especially with the Ori series, like Ori in the Blind Forest and Will of the Wisps. Um, his usage of strings in the music and the way that he's able to elicit like just really really cool feelings in his music um it's something else man like and i think if i'm not mistaken um you know he's not done much else right like he did i want to say he did some he did some work on some of the like minecraft uh yeah he did like expansion packs for minecraft expansion packs yeah i think the mythology expansion for he did the music for darksiders genesis the the spin-off darksiders game um he did do the music for immortals phoenix rising which has a great soundtrack actually um, but what I'm really excited about and what we'll have a bonus episode on next month is that he's doing Sparks of Hope, Mario plus Rabbids with Grant Kirkhope and yeah. Nomura. Oh man. Yeah. I cannot wait for that soundtrack. It's going to be so good. It's going to be real good. <laughs> real good. But this track here, the Thornfelt Swamp, um, probably the biggest deviation from the theme and the feel that I went with my picks on the episode today. While it does have some some unsettling vibes to it, it does have the, you know, the mystique that a swamp has, as we've been talking about for the last hour and a half. Um, it has a lot of emotion as well. And that fits, right? Ori is a pretty sad game in a lot of areas. So... I just really like what he was able to capture here while still, even in the background of this track, right? You can kind of hear the outdoors, right? You can hear in certain areas the the bugs and the swamp and the nature itself. Yep. I think this is dope. So what is this area like in the game? Ooh, now you're asking a lot, Pedroth. Um, <laughs> let me try to think. So, Thornfelt Swamp. Thornfelt Swamp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... I gotta remember back to when I played this game. So, the thing about Ori is that it's a Metroidvania, so you don't necessarily yeah. So the areas kind of blend into each other. They blend in with each other, and a lot of people will experience them in in different orders depending on what you do, and you know if you kind of go off the beaten path and, and go somewhere that you're not supposed to go first. But from what I remember, the Thornfelt Swamp is somewhere in the middle of this game. And I just, you know, I, I remember the same swampy vibes that, uh, what was that other track that I was describing for you? The, uh, I don't even remember at this point. Um, Moody Maze Marsh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was trying yeah. to remember where we were at there. Um, yep, I think so. Yep. A lot of the same, <laughs> not necessarily such a, such a reference or, or such a reliance on the, the bluish green hue, but a, a very cavey, uh, poisonous vines type of like dangerous vines all throughout. There was a really cool area with like a waterfall, but damn, that's really okay. all I remember. Cool. So two waterfalls in this block then. <laughs> two waterfalls in this block. And if I'm remembering correctly, the Thornfelt Swamp, it wasn't a huge area either. Like it primarily existed as one like big screen more or less. But mm -hmm. underneath the swamp was a section that extended off of it that went underground. No, not underground, underwater into like various caves and, and different paths down 
that way. So um, I guess that could also maybe be considered an extension. I don't I don't remember if that actually had its own name in the game. I actually don't think it did. Um, but yeah, really cool area, really cool vibe that it gave off. And I just, I love Ori. I, I hope they don't abandon it. I mean, Will of the Wisps could have been a conclusion, but I hope it's not. Yeah, we'll see. We will have to see. And you mentioned uh, Metroidvania, and now I'm kind of kicking myself for not bringing, um, like, the... I can't remember exactly what it's called, but, like, the Mushroom Marsh area of The Messenger. Although I think you guys might have played the whole Messenger soundtrack. I did play a pretty hefty portion (laughs) back in the day of the Messenger soundtrack. So maybe Um, it's just as well. Yeah, fantastic soundtrack. I'm actually looking on the spreadsheet that hasn't been updated in almost a year, but I know it was (laughs) updated when we did the messenger. Um, Do you remember? Let me see. Just looking at the list of the tracks. Yeah, I remember seeing Quillshrew Marsh. It's on here. Quillshrew Marsh. There we go. It's on here. Yeah. It's on here. Okay. Cool. Well, there you go. Go back and listen to that episode. (laughs) Frank me a bit on that one. So who knows? Who knows? Man. But all right. I I guess that's going to lead me to my uh, second block and our last block of three. Mm -hmm. And um, almost at the end already. But as you say, we've been at this for an hour and a half already. So time goes quick, (laughs) man. We do this. Time flies. It does. It's a lot of fun for sure. And I think we're going to have fun on this next block. Uh, The last track is a little more subdued. It's the one I mistakenly called my my play out earlier, but it's my final track. But the first two, we're going to get you up and moving um, again. Uh, And I'm I'm excited to talk about these because I like them a lot. But we're going to start off with Wetland theme from Street Fighter 2010, The Final Fight, released September 1990 and composed by the wonderful Junko Tomiya. Second up in this block, we're going to listen to Portobello Head from Crypt of the Necrodancer, released April 23rd, 2015, and composed by Danny Baranowski.
finally, we're listening to Satoral Marsh Night from Cineblade Chronicles Definitive Edition, released May 29th, 2020, composed by Manami Kyoto.
Coming back, we're talking about the wetland theme from Street Fighter 2010, The Final Fight. Another uh, retro game, this one that I don't have any experience with, unlike Bayou Billy. Yeah, I don't have any but experience with I this one either. I think it's kind of in the same category of a game that was not terrible, but also not good, uh, <laughs> but that has an amazing soundtrack. I will so. say it doesn't look that good. Like, it's not a game that I think I ever would have been excited to pick up and play back in the day. Like, definitely <laughs> yeah. doesn't look like Street Fighter. Um, well, and it's a it's a side-scrolling platformer uh, style game, action platformer, um, kind of in the vein of things like Bionic Commando, um, but, you know, with more, more jumping and not any swing as far as I know. It, the Street Fighter stuff is really shoehorned in, like supposedly... Your Dr. Ken Masters, uh, the scientist in this like dystopian future world of 2010, <laughs> by the um, way. So, yeah, of 2010, you know, 12 years ago. Yeah. Um, but it, Why am I not a cyberpunk robot yet? Yeah, right. I know. Uh, we should all be cyberpunk robots with flying cars and brains we can plug into a computer one day. Um, but yeah, it nothing really at all to do plot wise with Street Fighter or Final Fight, even though both of those are in the title. Really weird. But, but a banging soundtrack, you know? Yeah. Junko Tamiya definitely did an excellent job here, as, as she normally does. Um, I, I can't say anything, like I said, on this game. Yeah. Um, I mean, since we don't have anything else to say about this track really unless you were about to say something else um no all, all i was gonna say is uh i have heard the soundtrack a few times um i don't even know if frank ever brought anything to a bg mania from from 2010 um i doubt it but i don't think i remember seeing anything on the list yeah, but but it's a it. pretty pretty short soundtrack and one worth checking out it's cool stuff i know i've heard elements of it before but it's never one that's been like super recognizable to me but when this track started i mm -hmm. definitely remember hearing this track in the past whether it's just on my own accord or on another podcast in the past so i i know that um no, I know I've never. I, I don't think I've played anything on it from mine, but I have heard on a couple of other shows before. I think that Rhythm and Pixels and XVGM have both brought tracks from this game, okay. but I can't think of anything else for sure. Uh, but I'm, I'm just glad we got some retro Konami and retro Capcom on yeah, this episode. Yeah, you did them both. You got, it. you did it. We have a nice spread of uh, old school and uh, newer, and also long-standing composers on this one. We do. And, and speaking of a newer one, man, did I love that next track. <laughs> oh man, yeah, Danny Baranowski, uh, one of the greats, as I as I <laughs> said is. while we were talking. And the Crypt of the Necrodancer soundtrack is it's just so cool. The original the Baranowski did, and all, all of the other ones, including one by Jay Kaufman. Uh, lots of different versions of it, which I thought were really cool. You could change out in the middle of the game. Uh, but this is Portobello Head, the final boss of uh, the second or third dungeon, uh, which is a swampy area where you're fighting these uh, mutant mushrooms. Mm -hmm. And... This does not sound like a boss fight at all, man. It's so, like, chill and... It's hypnotic. And funky. It, yeah, it is. Not funky. More groovy than funky, but not in the same way as Bayou Billy. It's, uh, um, again, kind of like that Jay Kaufman track. It's it's a little different than, I think, what a lot of people first think of when they think of Danny Baranowski. Yeah, you definitely think, you know, faster-paced, more upbeat when it comes to Danny Baranowski, which I absolutely love about him. There's some 
excellent tracks on the Crypt of the Necrodancer soundtrack. And even Cadence of Hyrule, I thought was a phenomenal soundtrack as well. Oh, I love Cadence of Hyrule. So good, man. So good. Um, but this was a good track that, like I even told you when we were listening to it, man, I was glad I was able to, uh, to smoke tonight because this one really <laughs> just, it put me on another planet at the moment and it was so freaking awesome. Good playlist for, uh, for some smokage. A little bit, a <laughs> little bit. Yeah, a little bit. I, so do you have any, uh, like swampy areas in Ohio that you've been to before? Maybe up on like, like <sighs> near Lake Erie or anything? Yeah, probably. Um, none that really like stick out that I think would be recognizable. Um, yeah, there is in my area of Ohio, and I live in the northeastern area of Ohio. In Trumbull County, there is a lake called Mosquito Lake, and ah. it is a man-made lake. Um, might okay. might be the the biggest in Ohio, but I don't know for sure. I do know that um, it, it's relatively large and it spans almost the entire surface area of of the county. And um, I grew up in that area. Like I went to high school like less than a mile from that lake. Um, it's a very I don't want to call it a like a like a swampy lake, but there are areas of it on the outskirts because again it's man-made so it's not like contained to one specific area like it, it stretches out into there's a a nature preserve surrounding that lake as well um okay and i actually used to live on a street in that nature preserve uh, like at one point like the houses just stop and the like the side streets just stop and it's just a straight road for like four miles maybe back into this nature preserve and like bird preserve and everything and there's a couple curves back there as well but um it, it's kind of a a very you know sparse area to drive through because there's not much to look at outside of just the trees and off to the side of that road because my buddies and i when i was growing up we used to go fishing up in that area um there is like these really swampy, not deep, right? Like they, you can walk in it. They probably came up to like, you know, between your ankles and your knees, right? So maybe like a foot or foot and a half deep, you know, typical depth for a swamp. Um, yeah. And I remember actually when I was little, my grandma and I were, it was, this was before we moved up to that area. And we were like scoping out places and we were driving around and my grandma and I, a big reason. So one of the things that I, and I may have mentioned this on the show before, but one of the things that I love doing in the fall is going on like fall drives where you just drive around and look at trees and, you know, look at the colors mm -hmm. of the changing leaves and just partake in the vibes of autumn. Um, I got that from her. She used to love doing that. And we were doing that one fall year and I don't remember what year it was. I was really young. We were driving back in that area and we went down this side street and it just like kind of stopped. Like there was no barricade on the end of the street. There are no ropes, no chains, nothing like the street just literally went into the swamp or into this <laughs> watery area. And I don't know like if it was flooded or if this is just how that area is. Like the water just overtakes the street sometimes. I don't remember it raining, but <laughs> we, we drove into that water and like... She didn't get stuck. She didn't stall or anything, but um, you could tell it was starting like to dip and get deeper. So she panicked and started like backing out. And you're like, "Oh man, we're gonna get stuck and die <laughs> in this area." Like, you know, I'm just a little kid. I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> yeah. 
But that's yeah, like the man. only area I can think of in Ohio. That sounds like uh, it's similar to um, a place down here where I grew up in Limestone County in Texas. Uh, there's a um, Fort Parker State Park is down there, and it's got a lot of lakes, and it's on the Navasota River. And so there are some kind of swampy areas, but I wouldn't call any of it an actual swamp. Navasota River. Yeah. It sounds like an Alan Jackson song. Pretty sure that's an uh, that, that's an Indian name. The Navasota Indians, I think, were down in that area. Uh, Native like Americans, uh, but it does uh, way down yonder on the Chattahoochee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But yeah, we do have some swamps down in the uh, the southeast area of Texas. Of course, that borders the Louisiana Bayou, and um, I I haven't been down there. I have been through some swamp in southern alabama and florida and on a couple of trips i've made but never really got to stop and explore or anything but um you got to be you got to be equipped if you're really going to go into a swamp you got to have the right (laughs) the right clothes or and the right gear or you're just going to be you're just going to be miserable yeah not like a car you know yeah for sure still something i'd like to something i'd like to do one of these days we'll see maybe with um one of my one of my twins uh really 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 likes nature so maybe she and i could take a trip down there what are those boats with the with the fan on the back of them um i mean i've, I've just heard them called fan boats um <laughs> i know that there is an official name <laughs> but i can't remember what it is right now rent one of those <laughs> rent a fan boat yeah i mean you could you could do that in Florida. Got, i think is you know, the official name airboat yeah it's uh you can i actually passed a couple of those places when we went to disney earlier this year in florida where you can rent those and go around and uh that, that would be a lot of fun to do one of these days yeah you should but, get one and just cruise around the bayou man but what you mentioned uh being on another planet earlier <laughs> and that makes me think of the Xenoblade Chronicles games, probably because the first one of those I played was Xenoblade Chronicles X, <laughs> which literally takes place on another planet. It does. The uh, lore of Xenoblade Chronicles is a, a little bit weirder and a little bit deeper, but I'm not going to get into that. What I am going to get into is talking about the track that I first thought of when, when I saw this topic pop up on the queue, and that is Satoral Marsh, specifically the night theme from Cineblade Chronicles. I just played this game earlier this year, I believe. Might have been last year, but it, it left a big mark on me, and the scenery was one of the big reasons for that. But I was telling you, this area is the first time that I really just kind of stopped and looked around and just went wow um because you've been kind of underground in this cave area fighting these big robot monsters Mm -hmm. and then you leave that area and you go into this swamp and in the daytime it just it looks like a swamp it's kind of a desolate wasteland of an area you know there's some cliffs and there's some there's a waterfall but a lot of it is just this really misty gray marsh with some you know some ambient music behind it But then when the sun sets, the trees start to glow and everything just takes on this ethereal tent. Yeah. And then this music starts to play and you just get lost in the beauty of this place. It's gorgeous. It's so good. It's gorgeous. While listening to this track, you know, I'm very familiar with this soundtrack and very familiar with this game. Um, 
I love this piece of music. And it's always had an emotional vibe to me, but I wasn't expecting it to have such like a, an impact on me while we were listening to it there during the break to where I, yeah. I definitely started to get choked up and, and definitely get emotional, especially as the vocals kicked in. That was the point when I really like knew I was doomed. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know if it's because I, I really haven't shed any tears since the cat passed away a couple weeks ago or, or what, but like it, it really, really hit me. And I'm glad you brought this. And uh, have you ever played Final Fantasy X? I own it. I have not played it yet. Okay. Well, you're very familiar then probably with an iconic scene from the game. And the first time that I visited Satoru Marsh in Xenoblade Chronicles and I saw its transition into nighttime, it reminded me so much of Makalania Woods in Final Fantasy X, which, you know, has a lake, these trees that are, you know, have these blue lights on them. It's the scene where Yuna and Titus kiss for the first time in the water. Um, okay, yeah, I have, I have heard that. Rob from uh, Rhythm and Pixels Final Fantasy X is his all-time favorite game, and so he's played a lot of that soundtrack on yeah. on Rhythm and Pixels. So, um, Willie, obviously, Makalinia Woods is not a swamp, right? It, it's more woods with a giant lake in the middle. But these trees are so reminiscent of what you see there in Final Fantasy X. Um, I'm glad they kind of used that art style because it had never been done since then, and I really like that look. So I was pleased that Xenoblade went that route. For sure, man sure well this has been such a fun episode and that's weird to say on the first week of uh, of our sort of creepy spooky um, halloween episodes but uh this was really cool i it made me think of a lot of other stuff i've been watching lately um that that Cineblade track definitely put me in mind of um what i've been seeing in rings of power because there's a lot of elf stuff in rings of power of course yeah uh and the up the earlier track, let me see, your first block especially really made me think of uh, Moat Kalen in the Game of Thrones universe. Okay, uh, okay, I started okay. watching House of the Dragon, and um, I have read all the Game of Thrones games. I've also read um, A World of Ice and Fire and Fire and Blood, so I'm pretty deep in the lore of, uh, of the Is that the, the episode you're doing with Kyle later this month? Um I am doing a House of the Dragon episode on Media Files later this month. Nice. He has a, a Tolkien Uber fan joining him for the Rings of Power episode, so I wasn't able to talk him into letting me on that one. But <laughs> yeah, I know he's got but, uh, Kaylee uh, Kaylee penciled in for that episode. I've yeah, I knew he did. But I'd only seen the first se season of Game of Thrones, even though I've read all the books. But I've been enjoying House of the Dragon so much that I decided to go back and continue my watch. And I just finished season four today. I've been binging it for a couple of weeks. Nice. And super enjoying that, but but in season four, um, the uh, um, Ramsey Snow, who becomes Ramsey Bolton, takes back the fort at Moat Kalen, which is in the swampy area called the Neck, between the north and south of Westeros, and um, it's it's this really really just gritty marshy place. The uh, the Ironborn, the men from the Iron Islands who took it over, are all like sick and dying because of the the nasty air around Moat Kalen that the men there have kind of gotten used to who live mm -hmm. there. But they've got crocodiles and stuff that in the books they call lizard lions, which is just really cool. <laughs> and makes me think of that. But that track that you brought from Ori in the Blind Forest really made me think of 
uh, Where the Crawdads Sing, which is a movie that came out this year. I went and watched it in the theater with my wife and really enjoy the movie. And she had read the book that it's based on prior to seeing the movie. Uh, I read the book afterward, and I would recommend both to anybody. It's about this girl who grows up in, in the marsh on the coast of South Carolina. And uh, from a pretty early age, she kind of has to survive on her own. And then she gets caught up in a murder mystery. And it's, it's a really, really cool uh, story with a lot of, a lot of love for, for the marsh and for the swampland of the eastern United States. And so several of the pieces of this music have made me think about that, but especially the one you brought, again, from We're in the Blind Forest. So. Nice. Have you watched Hocus Pocus 2 yet? You know, I only saw Hocus Pocus one time. I think I watched it in school. Oh, wow. And I never went back and watched it again. My wife's actually never seen it, I don't think. Uh, so I'd have to go back and watch the first one, I think, to fully appreciate Hocus Pocus 2. But I've been happy to see so many people, you know, enjoying it and celebrating it. I have not watched Hocus Pocus 2 yet. And when I do, I will watch the first one, which I watch every year anyway. I always watch the first... Uh, the first Hocus Pocus, like, every Halloween, every October. I always watch that at least once, sometimes multiple times. But I will watch that one again before I watch Hocus Pocus 2. Um, I'm excited to... Might be a good I'm year to watch, to watch it. Watch the first one with the kids this year. Yeah, you should. You should. You should. Our annual Halloween movies are It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, Gotta and be. Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, two <laughs> classics. Absolutely. Throw in some Halloween Town in your set. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> oh, but that's not the last track that we have on the show. No, it's not. We have our closeout track, which is my last pick on the episode. And it comes from Super Mario 3D World. We're talking the Piranha Creeper Creek. Now, I know you've played this game, right? You had to have. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Beaten this game. I played it with the kids. Uh, okay. okay. We played through part of it again when we got Bowser's Fury. Mm-hmm. And it's a... Uh, um, Real masterpiece of a game. A lot of people like this more I than I love this game. I love this game. I think it's brilliant. Um, I also think Bowser's Fury, the little side stuff they did for the Switch release, I thought was really cool as well. Obviously, heavily inspired by Mario Odyssey. But, um, man, I even did a full dive into uh, that game earlier this year, right? I, I know I focused more on the Bowser's Fury side of things, but um, I freaking love that soundtrack. And... You'll know then that the Piranha Creeper Creek, which is World 4-2 in Mario 3D World, Mm -hmm. it's not fully a swamp. There is a lot of this stage or level that takes place in like the traditional Mario underground area, right? Just some, you know, like what's meant to be caves or dirt or whatever. Caves or underground tunnels and stuff. Yeah, and you got the little piranha creepers roaming around. But there is a section of this stage where you're going through and there's like these lily pads and like a poisonous water it's purple yeah water. The, maybe the it's poison poisonous. swamp yeah, yeah it's like a poisonous swamp maybe it's not really poisonous who knows but it hurts you when you go in it so i'm assuming it is um <laughs> gotta watch out for that swamp gas <laughs> yeah gotta watch out man gotta watch out but i really like the traditional mario vibes that this track gives off you know it's got the the vocals that you hear a lot in in the mario tracks the oh, oh, oh. I, don't, I don't do it justice but um they're in there yeah and Mario 3D World utilizes that a lot. For sure. Yeah, I really like it because we're kind of bookending this episode that had some 
had some gritty vibes and some creepy vibes and a couple of upbeat things, but has been on the whole pretty subdued. We started it out with that uh, that kind of bright, happy Rayman track, and we're closing it out with this classic sounding Mario, you know, uh, just fun, um, not really goofy. That's not the word I'm looking for. And quirky doesn't quite hit it either, but just, you know, it's, it's Mario. Very music. Nintendo. There, there you go. There you go. <laughs> In that Koji Kondo style, uh, definitely hearkening back to some of the groundwork he laid, especially in like the main theme for New Super Mario Brothers. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. This was fun. I love this time a lot of, of year. Fun, man. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to these next couple episodes. I've already started looking up uh, looking up tracks. So Ooh, I'm excited. <laughs> I haven't actually. I have a a couple on the short list for our our themed episode next week. Um, may have to discuss once we're off air if we have any limitations for ourselves on that particular episode because you really can take this <laughs> in any direction we want to go um yeah but we'll discuss I know that, that i'm gonna bring one track for next week i'm not gonna spoil the topic but by uh by one of the composers who we we heard today um i will go ahead and say jay kaufman and I am okay. I am almost positive that you have not heard this track, but that you will really enjoy it. Good. And I doubt most of our listenership has heard this track. It's a it's an obscure one. Ooh, that's exciting. I had to dig deep for this one. So I'm excited. But I found it that. a long time ago for an episode. I'm probably probably not going to do now, but um, but yeah, it's it's fun. We'll talk more about that next week. Perfect. All right. I'm looking forward to next week. I'm looking forward to two weeks and. Man, Radio Hour is going to be fun, too, because Radio Hour in October is always spooky-themed as well, so I am looking forward to it. But I think we're about at the close of the show this week, unless you have anything you want to plug and mention before we get on out of here. Um, I don't know if I have been on since I released uh, the Ace Attorney episode of the Movie Bar, but we just did that one. And Jason Ariola from a couple of different podcasts, Rock Out With Your Card Out is a video game music podcast he does, but Multimedia Failure is the one that really kind of synced up with ours. Multimedia Failure is about uh, video game movies, and it's a fun, it's a fun show. <laughs> but uh, he and his friends did an episode about Ace Attorney for that show, and then Dyad and I did an episode about it for our show, since of course it is a lawyer movie. And Jason joined us, and then we joined them, and so kind of a back-to-back a movie bar multimedia failure crossover about Ace Attorney. So I would definitely recommend y'all go check those out. You can find uh, you can find the movie bar link on my Twitter um, at VGM Pod, and I also retweeted the mul- multimedia failure one. So you should be able to find those pretty easily. Nice. And as I mentioned earlier, we just did the final bosses episode of our final four episodes of very good music and after final bosses this was two of four uh two of four yeah Yeah, we Mm -hmm. did last levels next is final bosses and then i i mentioned on this episode that our last two are going to be first ending themes like uh sort of cutscenes or snapshots to play at the end of a game before the credits roll that's cool and then the final episode is going to be final um you know end credits so definitely looking forward to to those a definite very fitting close yeah. to the show. Yeah. We already mentioned Shukapow, so I'll plug Shukapow again and uh, at flat.io, and Brian's going to have that link there on the track that we played by her. I will. But other than that, that's, uh, that's all I got. All right. Make sure you go check those podcast episodes out, and make sure you look forward to what we got coming next week, because it's going to be exciting. But that is unfortunately yeah, is. bring us to the close of the show for this week. We do want to thank you for staying with us and listening to another episode of BG Mania, made possible, of course, by RPGera.com.
If you like video game music and more importantly you like us and you want to help us grow the show, check the description box for ways you can do just that, including a link to join our Discord community. Click it, join it, and interact with us. Taking us out of this episode, we're going to be taking a listen to Piranha Creeper Creek from Super Mario 3D World, released on November 22nd, 2013, and composed by the quartet of Mahito Yakoda, Toro Minigishi, Yasuaki Iwata, and Koji Kondo. Keep the music playing and keep it loud. 